Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, Pastor Antoine continues in our new series, Beyond. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from lead pastor Antoine Lester. So this is beyond. And so if we're going to be beyond, go beyond, we first must identify where we are right now. And sometimes when we are, um, when, when the Lord presses upon our hearts to, to go beyond where we are, the first thing that we have to do is literally determine where we are. Now, these series is for, this, if you're here, this series is for all of us, but uh, sometimes one of the most disheartening things as a pastor and a, as Bible teachers, um, and I'm not the only pastor here, I'm not the only Bible teacher here, um, women, one of the best Bible teachers that we have, um, actually for all of us, is Penny. Like, don't you fool yourself. So, yeah, I, I, I am called for this, but, but that, that, this is not the, the priority. The priority is God is equipping the saints of God to equip the saints, and that's not just falling on my shoulders. So um, the thing that's, that's crazy is sometimes as we go through life, um, we fail to check out the warning signs. Um, and here's a natural example. Um, When I was driving, when I first started driving, I had a 1985 Chevette. And that thing um, blew heat all year round. Um, It also, the horn did not work, so my dad rigged it where I had a button um, so it would pass inspection. Um, It also had two tones. It was blue, and then the hatchback was brown because... uh, a rock hit the hatchback, and we couldn't find the same color, so we just made it work. It didn't have air conditioning, and then if you, you stopped too long, it would start smoking. And it leaked oil. And so when it would break down, it generally did not come with any warning signs. You just find yourself on the side of the road. And what's worse than that, the gas hand didn't work. And I knew that I had to go 328 miles before it went empty. But my sister drove it. She didn't like driving it because it was a piece of junk. But there was a couple times she drove it, and I said, hey, we need gas because I'm really around 308, so I'm pushing it. And so you would have to reset, you know, the speedometer thing, the mileage thing to make sure. And so she drove it a couple times, and she didn't put gas in it, but she knew I was going to say something, so she just reset it. So I'm driving it, and I'm like, I'm good. And next thing I know, I'm on the side of the road with no warning out of gas. So what I would do is stand on the side of it, open the gas tank, and do this. And I realized it didn't have any gas in it. Now I'm stuck because back then I had no cell phone. And I lived in the country, so it might be days before I'm found. (laughs) So I'm sitting there on the side of the road, had no warning that I was about to run out of gas. But there were signs that they were present 
that if I would have paid attention to, I would have realized there were no gas because I, never, I, did, I stopped following the signs. And so sometimes um, we um, may not know how to fix a thing, but we know that thing is not working properly. And so I'm not the mechanically inclined guy, so I just can't merely go on YouTube and fix something. Me, I need an expert because even if I go on YouTube and learn how to fix stuff, um, there are variables that sometimes aren't discussed while you're watching that video of an expert doing it and making it easy. I need somebody on the outside to be able to guide me in fixing this thing because it's beyond my ability. And so I want to sort of help diagnose the church, us, all of us, from the pastor to the elders to all of us, some warning signs, if you will, if we're going to take this message and not let it be just another series and another fancy word and all this other stuff that's associated with it and actually be doers of the word, we need to diagnose where we are right now. So here are some warning signs um, that we need to sort of talk about. The lack of deep devotion. So if you are not praying, seeking God's Word, um, want to be deeply devoted to the things of God, that may be a warning sign. If, if there's a lack of joy, it might be a warning sign. If there's a lack of grace towards others, in other words, we don't give up people the benefit of the doubt, something's going on. If we don't have, we don't have confidence, we're, in other words, there's a, there's a boldness that we have in Christ. I'm not talking about our ability. I'm talking about there's something, there's a lack of emotional self-awareness. You moody, you're all over the place. There's a lack of spiritual reflection. This is just, this, this thing that we do on Sunday, calling it worship, just become words. There's a lack of joy for others. It's like some of us, it's not that we don't want people to do good. We just don't want them to do better than us. It's like, like some, sometimes, man, what I'm saying is, man, I love everybody. Just don't get too far, about, um, um, don't, don't, just don't get too far ahead of me. And then there's a lack of hope for the future. I listen to your words. Every word out of your mouth is negative. There's something going on. So if we don't pay attention to the warning signs, what we have a tendency to do is merely take all this junk with us to the promise. And he never called us to wander in the wilderness just to die. And so here's the thing that I'm realizing. I can't give you deep devotion. I can't give you joy. I can put you in a room with the people you're arguing with, but if you don't extend grace, forgetting that God has given us grace. You don't want to forgive having been forgiven. And so I'm, 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 I'm praying to the Lord. It's like, Lord, I just, I hear your word. I want to move beyond. I, I don't know why I just did that. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I want to move from this point to this point. He's like, well, you got to pastor the people. 
but the way you've been passing the people the last six years is passive. So oftentimes, people wonder why I don't move as quick as they want me to. Because I'm making sure that my deep devotion, because Paul says it this way, I'm, fir- I'm rooted and firmly established in love or I just bleed on you. And I see a lot of bleeding around here. I see a lot of wounds around here. And he's causing me to first don't take it to anyone. I didn't take it to the elders. I didn't take it to the leaders. I took it to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord got me in this funny situation where he's slowly insulating me for moving beyond. And here's, the, here's what I wrestle with, Dion. And this is a pastoral message. Everybody ain't going to make it. You know how hard it is? In the words um, of the poet Nipsey Hussle, he said, my circle just got smaller, everybody can't go. And I'm realizing facts, big facts, because if you don't have deep devotion, if you don't have joy, if you don't have grace, if you don't have the confidence of Christ, it's going to be hard for you in this season of stretching. Because he's stretching us not to pop us, but to get us to where he wants us to go. And it's hard. And it's hard. But he has given us his word. And so when we don't have these things in place, um, they become hidden. But here's what community does. Community. People of God, it's crazy, causes these things to bubble to the surface so we can deal with it. And so if we're going to go beyond, it's going to take all the saints. Say all the saints. Say it with your chest. Not just a few, not just the talented, not just the articulate, not just the charismatic, not just the worship singers, not just the elders, not just the camera guys, not just the production team, not just children workers. It takes all the saints. But if we're going to go beyond ourselves, we must address the issue among ourselves. This is not just for the church, but, but husband, wife, there are issues in your marriage that you're not addressing. And God is long-suffering. And that thing keeps popping up. And you know why it keeps popping up? Because he wants you to deal with it. And so when Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, I pray that he may. Who's he? Put the, yeah, you see? Who's he in this, in this message, in that scripture? It's God. I pray that God may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. So who gives us the inner strength? Talk back. Thank you. Thank you. Talk back to me. Who gives us the inner strength? All right. So this is very important because when you look at Ephesians, the first chapter through the third, um, Paul is simply reminding us of who we are in Christ. 
So here's what I need to know. Need, I need to know it, but we also do too. Um, he's going to strengthen us with his power. And so we need to know, number one, who we are. That we need to know the knowledge of who Christ is and the knowledge of who we are in Christ. That is what we get our strength from. Oswald Chambers says this. He says, condemnation comes when I realize that Jesus Christ came to deliver me from this heredity of sin, and yet I refuse to let him do so. What you see in the Scripture, um, script maturity is never delegated to age. You can just be an old fool. Maturity is how much you and I surrender to Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he says that he is going to give us, bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. What are the spiritual blessings? Number one, we are chosen by God before the foundation of the world. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to either take a uh, uh, picture of it. Because I want you to check out these scriptures um, because I'm, I'm building a case why God is calling this church um, to go beyond. And so spiritual blessings. Notice these are spiritual blessings. Got nothing to do with your call. Bad English. Has nothing to do with your house. Has nothing to do with your income, has nothing to do with your job. He says, I'm going to give you, he says, my, Paul is praying to the church in Ephesus, I'm going to pray that he gives you every spiritual blessing. I will, um, those spiritual blessings that we are predestined and adopted by God. My last name changed, my blood work changed because I and, and our blood work changed, our last names changed because we have been adopted by God through Christ. He says, we are redeemed by Jesus. We're heirs of God. We are made alive. We were once dead in our sin, in our trespasses. Now we are made alive um, in Christ. We are God's workmanship. We are created in Jesus for good works. And we're reconciled to God and one another. So us serving God privately and not demonstrating his love towards each other publicly is heresy. We are reconciled not only to God, but to each other. Are you willing to live? Are you willing to be weak out loud? Because he gives us strength. Not your degrees, not your money, not your mastery of Scripture. He gives us strength. And so when we look at verse number 17, and this is where we're going to park. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. Dwell that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Can Christ find a home in your heart? Because the heart 
It's the center of our being. It's the core. It's where things collide. The Bible mentions the heart over 1,000 times. And the heart is where our emotions and desires live. The heart, in reference to a home, is like your living room. And your living room should always look lived in. Um, most of us don't want to live, don't want our living room looking lived in. We live our lives like we're about to buy a house and we're touring the model. The model is never meant to be lived in. It's meant to be looked at. And for some of us, we want to look the part and not be the part. That's why in the church, it's always easier to be doing. But the work is being. The work is being, remember, my deep devotion. Can I just be real with y'all? Antoine don't like praying. It's a shock to all of you. My flesh don't want to pray. And so the discipline I have in my life is I have to pray even when I don't feel like it. The discipline is I have to submit to the Lord when I think it's a better way. I'm the only one. So I'm the only one that make mistakes. I'm the only one that feel like I should say something when the Holy Spirit tells me to shut up. And so the thing that you're going to find, guest. I apologize right now. That the thing you're going to find about this joker up here sitting in this sofa is I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent because my ultimate goal is not to please you. My ultimate goal is to make Jesus happy. And so if I have to live weak out loud, here I am, baby, because I struggle with the submitting my will to his. I struggle with you, Lord, I should say something. I want to say something, Jesus. And so many of us think that our hearts are like this living room right here. But the reality of it is our heart is more like this. All tore up. The worst thing about trash, trash stinks. And most of us, we think our hearts, we think our hearts is like the former living room. And so we're actually living with hearts that are full of junk. And here's the problem. Not only do we see your junk, we also smell it. And the problem with the church, we have to walk on eggshells. We can't even use scripture to deal with your heart. And everyone has, mm, some of us have a challenge that we are automatically thinking, our spouse should hear this message. Our, our man, my boss need to hear this message because they all tore up. No, you and I need to hear this message. It's always somebody. Have you noticed that? Um, my kids are graced by God, and I'm going to tell you why. Because everything they do becomes a sermon analogy. 
Something broke in the house. Somebody did it. Because nobody admitted they did. So now I got to find out who somebody is and who nobody is. And that's how many of us live our lives. So sin has infected us at the deepest level. That includes our minds, our emotions, and desires. And here's what I want to just tell you. It did break your heart. It broke your heart, but it also opened your eyes. And so if we're going to go beyond, then here's what I'm seeing in Scripture. When he says dwells in your house, he's literally saying, can the Holy Spirit be comfortable in your living room? Can he make himself comfortable? In the place where your emotions, your will, your intellect dwell. In other words, can he see what's in your trash? Because here's the reality. We all do. And the truth of God's word, he says in John chapter 14, this is the thing that's blowing my mind, and I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a toddler. I, I'm not skilled at all. But when you look at the Old Testament, you will, you will see that the Spirit of God came upon them or on them. And then he left. So the Spirit of God will come and go from people being used by God but wouldn't stay there. And in John in chapter 14, verse 7, he says, The Spirit of truth abides, lives, remains with you, and will be in you. And so what the Holy Spirit desires for us to be able to do is not to hide our trash, but to give him access to it. But here's the problem, Dion. When people get close to us, we smell it. Because we are, and I, hey, I, I'm the chief one of this. I'm a people pleaser by nature. And I always want to put my foot, see, I'm just being honest. I always want to put my best foot first, right? I want to make sure that it sounds good. I want to make sure the worship team is good and all that other stuff. And what that creates is as if this church is mine. Okay, let me just go closer to you. Some of us, the reason why we are so territorial with some of our departments and positions in the church, at our job, is because we get our identity from it. Our identity must be in Christ. Remember, the first three, the first three chapters, he says, listen, you are redeemed by God. You are adopted by God. He's reminding the church of who they are in Christ. You are not what you do. You belong to Jesus Christ. If that has ever, if that will ever sink in, you will realize that you can live your life like this. But as soon as you believe the church, the department, your home, set the sun rises and falls on you, you're a good guy, but you're a bad God. And so what we have to be able to do is live our lives like this. But most of us live like this. So that's why I put, put that Oswald Chambers quote back up there. 
condemnation comes when I realize that Jesus Christ came to deliver me from the heredity of sin, and yet I refuse to let him do so. So we got all this junk. We got all this trash. Many of us, the reason why we won't connect to this church is because you got baggage from the previous church. Many of us, you know, you, know, you, you married, and, and you guys can't even be happy because you holding on to the baggage of the previous failed marriage. When are we going to let God be God? Here's the challenge, Gina. The challenge is we baptize people and we say the Lord is your Savior. That's true. But he's also your Lord, and he's also your teacher. It doesn't stop at baptism. And so the problem, and this is why we don't like walking with people who are different from us, because we shaky. So we got to demonize people from afar. And so here's the reality. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, he says, your body is a sanctuary to the Holy Spirit. A sanctuary? With all this trash, remember who you are in Christ. And so it seems that when I disciple people, when I preach, my primary job, Gina, this is crazy, my primary job is to remind you of who you are in Christ. And you look at, at what when Paul writes, Paul gets angry. Paul be going hard. And then he'll say like, but you know you in Christ, right? Some things shouldn't be uttered among the saints. He's he calling jacked up people saints. How? No. Why? Because they redeemed by Jesus. There's theological terms, justification, sanctification, glorification. Justification is, is, is when righteousness has been given to us or declared by God. How do we do that? It's not. It's a gift. Justification is a gift. It means when we accept Christ and we believe that his death um, makes up the difference for the sin and the sacrificial death, we are justified because he put our sin on himself. Justified. But we keep, old folks used to scare me with this word, they ain't sanctified. What they're saying is there's a process of maturity that all believers need. My life starts off like this. Sanctification is the Lord taking some of this garbage away. And some, it depends literally on, you know, this is a... Uh, this is a, uh, it's not a categorically, this is not an absolute statement, but because we deal with trauma. I'm not even dealing with what's inside the bags. So, so there's stuff that, yes, we need Jesus and therapy to help us walk through this thing. And so when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, teacher, and Lord, the Holy Spirit gives us life, and then he's invited into our hearts, the living room. But there's so much stuff in our living rooms. And if we're going to live with the lights on, we can no longer hide the stuff that prevents us from living in the ways and will of God. And as the Holy Spirit takes up residence in this area, things become exposed. 
hiding the baggage will work for so long, but it still smells. But it's not just the Holy Spirit having access to the living room. He has to have access to what's under the bed, what's being hidden in the closet, the junk drawer. I mean, we got like four junk drawers. And the Holy Spirit has to have access to all of it. And so, because you think about what the living room does, what the living room does, it's just for guests. And for some of us, we don't want the Holy Spirit to stay long. Because this is what I noticed, Dion. The closer I get to God, the more I see his holiness, and the more I see my ratchetness. I said, ratchet. Not wretched, ratchet. <laughs> and so we can't limit his access. But here's what's so crazy. And here's what I'm learning in community. I don't know why I keep calling Gina's name, but here's what I keep. This is what I learned in community. I invite Amanda over. And Amanda comes. And here's the problem with community. See, I'm already dealing with my junk, but my junk don't smell no more because I'm used to my junk. And then community, she bringing her own junk. And so now I got to try to deal. Look how heavy her stuff is. And here's my problem. I'm okay with my junk. My junk light. And now she's entering my world carrying her own. And now I got to deal with my junk and her junk. And ain't nobody got time for that. And here's the problem. Amanda talks to me. And Amanda says, all right, I'll see you later. Amanda leaves, and she don't take her junk with her. And now... I have the residue of hers while living with mine. And you wonder why I don't want to get close to you? Because if you don't just see my junk, I'm going to see yours. And I don't want to deal with your junk. And that's why community, and here's what's crazy. Break those two words. Common unity. That's why when Jesus left, he said, I'm praying for the unity because that is the first thing that's going to be attacked. I mean, the world watched the church go bananas during COVID. And the world had an opportunity, the church had an opportunity for the world to see how we do it. And the world was like, nah, we good. When there's a race issue. Ooh, that's the third rail. Don't talk, about the, don't talk about race in the church. When the race issue came, the world looked to the church and saw how we did it. Said, nah, we got a more perfect way. And so what we have is a church full of people that's carrying all this trash. And here's the problem. Y'all want to know what the problem you may not know where to take your trash. Remember, you're young in the faith. We're growing. We're being obedient. We're surrendering. 
but you don't know where to take it. And so you hide it. But community makes it come out. And so we have a choice. We can lean into it. Or we can run from it. Holy Spirit is really causing me to see how because we don't deal with stuff, this is not social promotion. You couldn't get in the fourth grade. And so it's like, hey, he's 6'2 in the fourth grade. Let's promote him. The Holy Spirit says, you can be 6'9 in the fourth grade, but you're going to learn this lesson. And so when we talk about allowing the Holy Spirit access to different areas of our life, how does that happen? And I believe it's in Ephesians chapter 3. That he's not only talks about being reconciled to God. For some of us, that's easy. The hard part, Rob, is being reconciled to each other. I accept my forgiveness. God forgave me. But can I forgive my father? Can I forgive the ones that hurt me? Now, whoa, 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 before, before you start texting the people that you're trying to forgive... <laughs> You got to lean into the Holy Spirit. Because if you text them out of emotion and they don't respond the way you think they should respond, I'm going to get your text message. Some of us have to lean into. Some of us, it's the trauma connected to it. The question is how much, how long are we going to live like this? The church has to be unified. Because it's the bride of Christ. And how do we exist without any spot and wrinkle? Because that's the church he's looking for. Well, I don't know about you. I feel like we got a lot of wrinkles, Reverend. So we got to figure out a way by surrendering and being obedient to the Holy Spirit that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Can Christ make himself home in your heart? Can he scroll your social media pages? Or your DMs? Because here's the thing that we do. You hide it from me. Who am I? Hide it from God. You, hide, you can't hide from God. There's, and so the evidence that the Spirit of God is working in you, is you trying to hide it. Which means there's a conviction associated with it. And so I just know that if the Holy Spirit is going to have free reign in our homes, no, in our church, he must first have free reign in your own hearts. It is our desire to make the Holy Spirit comfortable, even if that means we aren't. They singing too long. Well, you ain't worshiping enough. Got to be something staring in the people. Because put the warning signs up. These are the warning signs. And so some things, yes, we got to pray through. We, yes, because don't 
don't confuse worship with emotions. You can don't don't confuse that. So when we allow the spirit of God to have access uninhibited non-restrictive access we can go beyond because when we go beyond when we allow the Holy Spirit to move us we can go beyond and going beyond spirit fed no scripture fed spirit led these are things that happens. It reminds us that we belong to God. It reminds us that we, were, uh, we belong to the family of God. The Spirit helps us read, understand, and apply Scripture to our daily lives. It nudges us to pray. It convicts us when we sin. And what the vision of this church is, it gives us the ability to learn from Jesus, to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to lead people to Jesus. And if we don't have this deep devotion, even in our greatest attempts, we just become a program-driven people who are no longer seeking God's face. And we have the oblig obligatory servers. It's my week to serve. Instead of having a heart, I get to do this. We have the heart of seeing everything that's wrong and not seeing everything that God is doing to us, for us. Because he's doing it in us before he can do it through us. And what the wrestle is, Elder Tony, is the deeper devotion. You were hungry. Now you don't even eat. Malnutrition. And everything becomes a problem. I can't believe she told me, spoke me that way. Did you go to her? Well, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't want no parts of that, okay? What the Bible said, because the Bible says in Matthew 18, go to the one that's offended you. Either we're going to be spirit, scripture fed, spirit led or not. Because what are we trying to do? Grow the programs or advance his kingdom? And what we have to be able to do with all this junk is be able to talk to my sister Say, hey, here's what I'm predisposed to. I'm overly sensitive. I, I just am. So when you said dot, 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 I felt it. She has to be able to respond, man, that wasn't my intention. I get passionate. I can't make you read your Bible. We tried FAQ. Bible studies like every day of the week. I just don't feel God. Well, what are you doing about it? And so I believe that what God wants us to do 
is to lean deeper, closer, intimately with him. So I want to close with our hands open. Wherever you are in those warning signs, can you just be honest? Wherever you are, can you lean in the spirit with that? Can you lean in the spirit with that? I want you to open your, your hands and begin to pray for yourself. Wherever you are identifying, there's a lack, there's a challenge. Maybe it's your devotion. Maybe it's your devotion. Maybe it's the lack of joy. Maybe you're taking everything personal. I mean, everything. They smile at you. Yeah, she did it. What? Maybe the lack of confidence and boldness. Maybe emotional self-awareness. Like, you give yourself excuses, but you don't give other people. Maybe you are, maybe you do come hard on people. Lack of spiritual reflection. Are there any pauses in your life that cause you to think on those things? Whatever those things are that the Lord is pressing upon your heart. It's a lack of joy for others. It's like you just, whatever that is, the lack of hope for the future. You're a spiritual Eeyore right now. You know who Eeyore is, right? Oh, no. It's the Winnie the Pooh, the donkey. And it's becoming to a point where we can see it and we can sense it. We can't even enjoy life. We can't even enjoy life because we're always thinking something's around the corner. Like, you already made your mind up that you're going on vacation. You're on vacation. It is what it is now, bro. Live it up. Don't ruin your vacation thinking about what you got coming home. So there has to be a freedom that's found in Christ. And if you don't have that freedom, and you want that freedom, it's available. It, it truly is. He has given us every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, Feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.